0: You are listening to an Elam Christian Centre podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Good morning church. How are you feeling? Are you really? You know, A.W. Tozer said in 1963, Christians don't tell lies, they sing them. We've just sang some wonderful songs, but I know without even being the slightest bit prophetic, some people this morning are not feeling great. It could be some Italians who are feeling really sore, having been hammered yesterday in the game. We do apologize. But you know, feelings. And I want to share with you about the battle within today. I want to share with you something that's helped keep me and Margaret in the ministry for nearly 40 years, because I tell you, there are this inner battle that you have, and for some of us, faith today, we've just come off the wonderful conference, and on by Friday night, my faith levels were through the roof. By Friday night I wanted to go back into a church, pastor a church, I wanted to wrestle wild beasts at Ephesus, I wanted to take on a few Goliaths. I was just feeling so full and pumped. But the truth is, conferences don't last forever. And sometimes the battle is, how do we stay in faith when so often over this side, feelings kick in? And you don't feel great. You don't feel good in the marriage. You don't feel good in your health. You don't feel good in the job. You just don't feel good. When we first got married, I discovered that women are completely different to men. (laughs) I didn't know before, but after I got married, I realized, you see, I'd come home from work and Margaret would say, how are you feeling? And I'd say, Bad. say, so, what do you mean? Bad. Yeah. You ask a girl how she's feeling, you have to take a seat, sit down, and you're about to hear what colours the sky, what colour underwear she's wearing, what was happening to the east, west, north and south, who said this and who said that? Just, but this, there's this battle that goes on all the time, and I've been engaged in this battle for, for over 50 years now, of, about faith and how we stay there. And I am so pleased in the Bible that God just didn't give us all the sanitized version, that everybody was always wonderful. Yeah. The Bible actually lets us backstage, because you see, what happens backside? backside back? Backside? <laughs> what happens backseat? Margaret, would you play with that for me and get, 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 get the, the verses on? I'm just getting new to technology. I'm 69 and I'm just trying to preach without a Bible. And uh, it's very difficult to change the ways that you are. But the truth is, one of the characters in the Bible, who was a great character, great character, his name was David. He was known as a man after God's own heart. Thank you, lovely. Big round of applause for my wife, by the way. She's she's had to put up with me now for 44 years (laughs) and all my feeling bad. (laughs) David, man after God's own heart, tremendous hero of the Bible, but he's having a bad hair day in Psalm 13. He's in hiding, things have not gone well, and in Psalm 13, it's an incredibly unique psalm. Verses 1 to 4 of Psalm 13, we see how David is feeling. He's honest. It's raw. He's not trying to do anything but say how it is. He's talking to God. But somehow, from verse 5 to 6, he transitions to faith. And my challenge this morning to you guys is, how do we change our focus from feelings to faith. How do we get to that point? And let's read the scripture. And as I, as I say, if I was a cynic, I would suggest that verses one to four was written by David, but verses five and six was written by someone about a hundred years after he died because it looks so bad in the first four verses. We can't put this out as the Bible, let's change the words and put something else in. That didn't happen. And so, but somehow there's a key, and this is a key that has helped me journey for 40 years in the ministry. And let's just read what he has to say. Here he is, David, the great man of God. How long, Lord, will you forget me? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? Anyone been there? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. Look at the next verse. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But then you see that little word, but. Can I just say say as a side, whenever you see the word, but, In the Bible, there is nearly 99% of the time in the Bible, there's something significant after a but. Always halt at a but and look very carefully at what comes next. How on earth does this man who's contemplating potential suicide, this man who's so low, he's feeling so bad, he feels God's not listening to him. How does he get to say, but I trust in your unfailing love. Yes. I rejoice in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise because he's been good to me. Yes. Now, come on, let's be honest. He's either a spiritual schizophrenic <laughs> or he's learnt something of a key. And I would just like to share with you this morning, if I could, something that's helped me and Margaret last 40 years in the ministry nearly now, and something that I believe can help you today. As you get older, um, I've got to say, I have got more in the rear view mirror of life than I have in the windscreen. There's more behind me than is in front of me. But I am believing God that as I go forward into what God has for me, it's going to be really, really special. One of the great things—I was just watching Beck's and Steve. I came to this church over 20 years ago, and Beck hasn't changed a bit. Steve, can I just say, mate? Not as good as you were. No, no, you're better. You're better. One, one of the great things, one of the only great things about getting older is you start to see people rising up in the next generation. And I know you guys are thinking the next generation now, but to me, you're the next generation because I'm getting older. And probably like Luke and Marilyn, they've got sons and daughters in the ministry and it's incredibly rewarding to see them going for God and going for all that they've done, but I could get them to take the mic now, and I'm sure they could tell you many times when feelings kick in, when they've not felt good. I know Steve's had his health challenges in the last couple of years. Not supposed to happen to us. We're supposed to be always 100%. When I became a pastor, I was taught, put on the red underpants and become super pastor. Smile, sparkle, and be confident. So what you've got to do, if all else fails, if your legs have fallen off, smile, sparkle and be confident. God is good all the time. Trouble is, I've just pulled my groin doing that. <laughs> <gasps> just pop straight out. Ooh. I'm looking forward to the rapture, not the rupture. But there we go. Anyway let's quickly get on we see quickly three feelings and I want to say off the bat church listen to me feelings are not bad feelings are amazing I love my wife and I feel an amazing amount of love for her I love the church I love the pastors that I you know feelings are great but they can get miscued and you can lose your focus because what you focus on is what you see. And if there's any hairdressers in here, any hairdressers? Could I see your hand? See, there's one at the back there. I guarantee you can't help yourself. When you come into church, you check everyone's head. <laughs> Am I right that you look at you, nodding away the... Oh, Bex has had a new shade. That haircut doesn't suit you, Steve. Oh, sorry, sorry, I can't say that. But what you focus on, if you spend all day focusing on hair, you can't help yourself. You see people's hair. It's PA people, sound men. I mean, they talk, they talk almost in reverential terms about a super duper tweeter, what a whopper hooper. It's going to, you know, they can pick up the sound. Here we see, first of all, that David feels forgotten. How long, Lord, will you forget me? Church, can we be honest? David feels, it's not the truth. Remember, feelings are not always the truth. But he feels like God has forgotten him. Last year of my ministry with Elim, we were, as very kindly... I was introduced for 20 years. I was was on the NLT and I was a regional leader of all the Scottish churches and all the Elim churches in the northwest. And in the last year of ministry, three of my pastors died. Wasn't supposed to happen. In the previous 19 years, I'd had one pastor die. But COVID came, and in the first two weeks, all personal friends, all people I loved, pastor of a church of 250 people, got a text on my phone that he sent to me. I've never erased it to say, would you pray for me? I'm not feeling well, I'm going home. Within three days, he was dead. Heartbreaking. Couldn't go to the funeral, couldn't go down to the widow. His wife had to say goodbye to him over an iPad, leaning over the bed with him unconscious. That shouldn't have been. A couple of months later, another pastor from Liverpool had cancer, died of cancer, 55 years of age. And the one that was the icing on the cake was one of my sons one of our sons, a couple that we baptised, a couple that we married, a couple we set off into ministry. A lot of young people get criticism from older pastors that they're not as committed as they were. Well, this couple went into a church. They couldn't afford to have a house. They lived above the church. They made one of the rooms into a house. They pioneered it. it. The church had been closed. They opened it. They got it up to 60, 70 people. And then at 37 years of age, he got cancer. And we prayed every prayer. We called the intercessors. We had all night prayer meetings. We went and sang over the bed. We did everything and anything. But he died and left a widow of 33, 34 with two children. And people are saying, Kevin, why? And I've got to tell you, and I'm not ashamed, I felt God had forgotten me. Where's the miracles? I just felt forgotten. Do you know what I'm saying, guys? That others are getting the prayers answered and you're not? Someone gets the job and you get a rejection? God, have you forgotten me? Well, we need to remember the truth. Isaiah 49 verses 15 to 16 says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget you, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palm of my hand. It is impossible for God to forget you. It is impossible. I've reached the age where names don't stick. Hello, brother. Hello, sister. I'm your wife. What are you talking about? God cannot forget anybody here. God can speak every language in the world perfectly and fluently. He's got your name. That's the truth. Secondly, very quickly, he feels forsaken. First one, how long will, will you forget me?" Then it says, in the second part of verse one, "How long will you turn your back on me?" It gets personal. It's not God's not just forgetting. it feels personal. You feel like almost like God's got an agenda to make things harder for you. Again, it's a feeling. Don't wave your hand at me, but you can look a little bit interested if you've been there. And you feel that this is almost personal. It's like a God's forsaken me. When I walked onto the platform here, you may have noticed I had a slight limp. It's because I've had three knee replacements. You see, it's the price you pay for a life of intercession and prayer. All the people I've prayed for know it was soccer. And I've now had three knee replacements. I had six arthroscopies, nine knee surgeries. Don't you think God could have saved one of them and healed me at one point in one of the things? Never happened. And when I was due my first knee replacement, I was only 50 years of age. And I'm saying to Margaret, and we're in, we're in faith, God, I think, just think God's going to heal this. Because, you know, I'm a pastor, which means I'm a wimp. And I don't, and I can't. I don't do pain, so I think no. And there was this conference overseas with a thousand pastors at that had a real emphasis on healing. And I said, "Come on, we're going to go. Let's get the money. Out. We're going and won't it just be like God? A week before surgery, that God's going to heal me, and it's going to be a, an amazing testimony. But go over there. I'm sat just where that lady is in the white, just sat back where you are, and I'm waiting." For the word, and the pastor stops the worship, which is never happens today. He, he just stops. The says, "I really feel. I really feel that God has an anointing. This anointing here for knee miracles." I'm going, hey. If he'd said it was for a woman's knee, I was going to go out. I was going to say to Margaret, give me your dress. I'm going out. <laughs> I, I am, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just wanting to get healed. And then amongst all of these pastors, there's a thousand, it's live on the internet all over the world. And uh, he points at me and says, Kevin, you've got a bad knee. Come out here and this morning you're going to be a conduit For major knee miracles. Well, I'm coming out. I'm out there. I quickly adopt the Pentecostal position. And I I was a little bit heavier in these days. There's about four men stood behind me in case I fall. And then they pray for me. And I feel the presence of God. And I've learned enough to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And so I just went back and i felt the spirit but i remember having a little thought my knee is killing me (laughs) i hit the floor i'm trying to process it there's other things are happening i'm thinking maybe maybe the process it gets worse before it gets better and so i'm laying there and suddenly There are 30 pastors and pastor's wives on the platform. They're bending, they're kicking, they're doing all the things, they're dancing, all the things. My little knee's hurting. So I began to wiggle my rather large bottom to get to the end of the stage, to get back to my seat. And the pesky pastor said, stewards, bring Kevin back. So they picked me up. And they brought me back center stage thousands of leaders thousands live on the internet they thrust the microphone under my lips how are you feeling now <laughs> how are you feeling just told the whole world about your knee miracle It's it's, it's, it's still hurting. (laughs) They prayed for me again. I fell over again. 20 more piggy knee miracles are taking place. We've probably got 50 new knees. God's just touched. Cartilages have got better. Ligaments are better. They're on the platform. God is good. They're dancing around, dancing. And I'm laying on the floor here. And I'd got this little evil thought there was quite a large pastor's wife next to me and I wanted just to trip her up in Jesus' name (laughs) and come and join me on the floor. Uh, Your knee might be better, but you've just broke your leg, honey. (laughs) So this time, I'm wiggling me bottom off the stage again. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. I get off, no call back, and I get back to my seat and I spent the rest of the meeting with my hand in my head thinking what was that about 50 miracles couldn't God have done 51 yeah. right. I felt you know it hurt it wasn't until I processed it when the word was today you're going to be a conduit yeah. that was the word yeah. didn't see I was going to be healed yeah. so Keep this to yourself. I didn't want to be a blinking conduit. I'm really pleased for them. But I wanted my knee. I felt like it was personal. It's like God had forsaken me. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Feelings kick in. But again, that's not the truth. Joshua 1 verse 5 says, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. That's the truth. The third feeling. We see in verse 2. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and enemy, the enemy have victory? Have you ever been feeling frustrated, forgotten, forsaken? And the third feeling was one of real frustration. Yeah. That it's not happened. I can only identify with that just again a couple of years ago when we were giving up the job, we had planned. Margaret and myself, we wanted to leave a year early. We decided, we let our general superintendent know we didn't want to do the full term. We felt 66, we wanted to leave and get on with a new phase of our life and ministry. We felt God had given us permission to do that. And so we'd spent a long time planning our farewell we'd got six weeks in Australia booked six weeks in New Zealand we were going to come over here we'd, we were hoping and they had arranged some special farewell parties in both regions. it was going to be incredibly moving it all got cancelled because of COVID never had chance to say goodbye to my people people like people I'd done life with for 20 years been to the funerals we've been to the births we've been to we've been gone we've done life and i never got chance to do it and i discovered something in elim uk once you're gone you're gone and it never came back until last week when your wonderful nlt did several things to honour margaret and myself and can i just say we felt god gave us back what the locusts had eaten last week here at your conference it was deeply personal for us can't go into details but you see I'd spent 20 years fixing pastors 20 years and the frustration of not being able to say goodbye the way we would have liked to have done and the way they would have liked to have honoured us it never happened just didn't happen even when I was go- on my birthday, the next year, we were going to go to the... the, the, the in, our, in our, sorry, in our denomination, they'll give you a clap, you stand up and say you're leaving. But I got COVID the day before, so I couldn't even go to the farewell. Amazing. Didn't really happen, but it's happened now. So you, sometimes you can feel that you are forgotten, sometimes you feel that things have gone wrong, you feel forsaken, you feel frustrated. But what does David do? Here's the bad picture. If the meeting ends now, on the way out, we'll give out mogadons because it's not, this is not good news. This is David at his worst. He's saying he's really bad, but he knows enough. enough. He does something. This is so simple, folks, but he prays. What does he pray? And here's the ministry point we're going to come to in a moment or two. He prays, Lord, give light to my eyes. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. Some of the commentators believe that David, King David, mighty man of God, man after God's heart, he's feeling so low that is contemplating dying, suicide. Folks, feelings unchecked can lead you to the darkest valley in the world if we don't do something about it. And am I talking to people today who are honest enough to say sometimes feelings kick in and you don't feel loved, you don't feel accepted, you don't feel part of anything, you feel like you're on the outside all the time. So he dares to pray, because David knows enough about God that he knows all the rubbish that's happening, that's not the truth, because he loves God. And so he says, Lord, would you please, 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 help me to see from your side of the curtain why this has happened? And he says, give light to my eyes. And what does God do? He gives him three very quick things. He says, first of all, he says you can trust. What can you trust in today's world? What does David say? The first revelation of the Spirit is that you can trust his unfailing love. And I stand here as someone who's been through lots of stuff, but I've learned to, I love my wife. I trust her in almost everything. Everything. Apart from, no, I'm not going to tell you that. (laughs) All I can say is, for over 50 years now, my father's unfailing love has got me back on track. It's like the bottom line, the first revelation. He doesn't need a five-point plan to build the kingdom. What he needs to know is, David, I love you my love will not let you go second thing he rejoices in his salvation and the final thing he he does he begins to sing the man who wants to die in the final thing he sings in verse six i will sing the lord's praises for he's been good to me how has he got from that point well first of all he gets loved he remembers he's saved And then he starts to think, you know, in one second you can think of all the things. I was born 69 years ago. I don't look it, but I was. My dad wouldn't look at me because my dad was already mentally ill and he was desperate for a daughter. And so when I popped into the world, he wouldn't look at me. When I went to school, I developed a speech impediment and I used to... stutter, I had to go to elocution lessons. With a speech impediment and I was incredibly shy with girls and I thought I was going to have the involuntary gift of celibacy (laughs) because God's given me the most amazing wife in the whole world. And I am going around the world doing the thing that when I was at school, everyone laughed at me because I couldn't put words together. And they would say to me, say something, Kevin, and I'd go bright red because I couldn't speak. One girl, that, you know, the hottie in the class, came up to me once. Remember that girl, boy, you, you, you came close to sin there. This girl called, her name was, I won't mention her name, but she was beautiful. And she came up to me and said, would you go out with me and i thought yeah 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 then all of her friends came around the corner it was a setup do you think she'd go out with a loser like you but i've got the best wife in the world god's been good to me god's been good to me god's been good to me I've said to my wife many times, if the Lord took me home today, I've had three lives because God has done the most amazing things because I've learned this secret. When my feelings are kicking in, I go back to what David did. Lord, I need light to see the truth and not how I'm feeling When I'm feeling bad, unloved, uncared for, things are not good, insecure, when I'm feeling whether God's there or not, when I pray that prayer, I begin to see from his side and realize his love has kept me. His love has blessed me. I know him as Savior and Lord. One day I'm going to get to heaven. I'm going to get a new body. I've asked for Mel Gibson's around about Braveheart time. That's... Not Mel Gibson now; he's gone to seed. But Mel Gibson, when he was younger, what about you? We've, we must finish. We must finish. Sorry, I preach a little bit longer than the time. But guys, all over this church, and up there in the, the poor seats, in the, in the bleachers, at home if you're watching—I don't know whether you are. This morning, if you walked into the church, and what's the major thing working? Is it your feelings, or is it your faith? Have you walked in the door thinking, I don't feel like worshipping? I don't feel like, I've only come to church because I'm the pastor. I wouldn't be here. I just don't feel. Don't feel anything. Just feel upset, let down. Well, God can put light in your eyes as he could for David. And he can change the perspective. Would you close your eyes with me, church? Would you close your eyes with me? Can I ask you a question? Do you need me to pray over you, light for your eyes? You're just not seeing things from the right perspective. And you need to change your focus. Because what you focus on is what you see. And if you need a change of focus, church, this morning, would you do something for me? I don't want to embarrass anybody, but there's so many people here, it's impossible to have an altar call as such. But if you've arrived in church and feelings are more prevalent than your faith, and you want me to pray light for your eyes, would you stand to your feet? Don't wait for anybody else, just stand to your feet. God bless you. People are standing all over the church. I would say whenever I preach this sermon, almost half the church responds because that's the truth. Six months from now, it may be the other half standing. Anybody else needs to stand because people are still standing. We haven't got much time, but this is just a moment. If someone near you is standing, could you either put your hand out to them or put a hand on their shoulder? I'm going to pray. You don't have to pray. But just just let them feel that someone else is with them. And we're all going to pray together that God will give you light. Because when you get light, you can start to trust again. When you get light, you can rejoice again. And when you get light, you'll be singing again. Father, I just pray for this wonderful church. Lord, we are just being honest before, just as David was honest. He was honest enough to put these words down for the whole world to see that he was feeling forgotten. He was feeling forsaken. He was feeling so frustrated. But he dared to pray, and so I pray that prayer, Lord, my Father in heaven, would you please give light to the eyes of these people that have stood in this church some of them have lost children some of them have had incredible rejection some of them have had difficult, awful things done to them, said to them and they're feeling very fragile but they're standing before their God and I pray Lord this morning that the very first thing that you will show them is that they can trust your unfailing love and your love will never fail them. Step one, release your love over this church. Father, I pray eventually we'll begin to rejoice again. And I pray, Lord, as we begin to change our perspective, as we seem to get the balance right and faith kicks in, we'll be singing again, God has been good to me. As we rejoice in all the things that you have done in our life, we give you thanks. Would you seal this word now to these people in Jesus' name? Amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elam